This is a warning to all living mortals that whosoever opens this chest of demons will release 13 of the most terrifying ghosts upon the face of the earth. to the chest. Because you let them out. <laughs> the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Good morning, good evening. Today is Thursday, August 12th, 2021. I'm Luigi, with the American branch of PNN. Man, if I wasn't convinced yesterday, I am for sure convinced today by the cyber symposium. I thought yesterday was such a great, uh, much better than the day before, in my opinion. I, I was much more convinced today than yesterday, even with the lady coming out yesterday. What I'm taking away from this is... The original plan of the Cyber Symposium wasn't to release the... wasn't to center around this lady like it is this time, okay? It's just centering around her because she just so happened to... Like, her coming out coincided with the Cyber Symposium, so they just took advantage of that. I think Mike Lindell definitely has more stuff up his sleeve for Day 3. Definitely. Uh, just, that's the impression I'm getting. So, we'll see what happens on Day 3. There was a lot of interesting stuff yesterday, okay, for day two of the Cyber Symposium. What happened? I don't talk through a lot of it, guys, so I'm just going to kind of let it do its do the talking for itself. But if it was up to me, I would just play the whole fucking thing for you guys. It'd be like four hours long, okay? But I, I can't do that. I'm a news, a news amount, like, aggregator. So I'm going to do my best to cut it shorter, but I'm going to be cutting out a lot of good stuff. So, I, you know, everyone should probably go watch the thing themselves, but it is very long and daunting. But, I mean, I feel like the whole thing is worth watching. It's so good. But I'll cut out as much as I can, try to get you just the pieces that are relevant. Uh, what, what pieces am I going to show you today? Well, I'll probably briefly go over some news that's in the news. Just some small stories that I can't, I feel like I can't pass up today. And then we'll go into the Cyber Symposium cut that I'm going to make. And we'll see how long the fucking show is after that. <sighs> the, the Cyber Symposium starts off with kind of a deep dive with fucking... <laughs> with, what's his name? Uh, Code Monkey. Code, I knew I saw Code Monkey. I was in one of the threads. I'm like, I saw Code Monkey on the screen for a second. And then he was gone. LOL. No one replied. Dude, he was definitely, it was definitely him. And he, he came on later. I think Code Monkey's a goddamn complete idiot. Okay, I think he is just taking advantage of the hype train to play it off like he's some cyber expert. He's really not. He's just, he's kind of a, <laughs> he's, I feel like I have more fucking computer knowledge than this faggot, okay? <laughs> it's just sad. I don't know, he talks a lot in the in the thing today. I'll try and cut it up so you just get the best parts. There was some drama with the lawyer, like they tried to shut it down mid like 
like in the middle of them doing the live thing, lawyers are trying to shut them down and shit. I mean, they're doing everything they can to try and stop this cyber symposium, guys. It's ridiculous. So, uh, man, I just, it's been crazy. I'm kind of rambling right now. Let's just talk about the news really quick so we can get into the show and, and not blabble a bunch. Let's see. I guess the big news yesterday was Hunter Bi- a bunch of Hunter Biden stuff leaked. Like, oh, I I accidentally leaked a bunch of tapes to the fucking Russians. I honestly think that this Hunter Biden stuff is a dis- is a distraction. I know, guys. What? What? Yeah, I think this was a distraction from the cyber symposium. I think this was stuff the Democrats had that they purposefully leaked of Biden or Hunter Biden that incriminate him to i think they did this literally to pull away from the cyber symposium it's just hilarious it's like they know that they could just release anything they want on hunter biden and none of it's gonna matter he's just gonna get another five hundred thousand for one of his stupid paintings and no, no one's gonna give a fuck no one's gonna ask any questions it's just it's so apparent it's so ridiculous it's just so dumb our system is so fucking corrupt there was a bombshell lawsuit where government whistleblower says that there's at least 45,000 deaths. That's an old story we talked about, but it was posted on the No New Normal subreddit, which has now been quarantined. So that's some news there. But, I mean, the, the focus of today's show is, oh, Rand Paul was banned from YouTube. Man, there, there's been a lot of little stories, but I mean, I'm going to focus on the Cyber Symposium for today and tomorrow. And then when I'm done with those, we'll get back into the news. But I figured I'd focus on the Cyber Symposium because no one else probably will on the fucking as news people recall election for gavin newsom is 34 days away good fucking luck (laughs) good fucking luck good luck overcoming that rigged bullshit state good luck okay guys so we'll just get right into the cyber symposium show that's this show's going to be all based around that it's it's going to be cut up with it i don't talk very much during it because i was mainly just taking it all in and everything they say is so good so i talk very little but I'll let them do most of the talking, and I'll try to cut it shorter. I will do my best to cut it shorter, so enjoy. Day two is much better than day one, in my opinion, and it just... If I wasn't convinced yesterday, I'm definitely convinced today. And we haven't even hit the third day. So, it was... I think it was really, really good. I think you guys will think it's really good, too, so enjoy. I will say it again. Okay, so... Most of the lawsuits that you... um, Around the country, they're answering... You hear this same thing repeated over and over again uh, in the various media sources. They say there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. That's just not true. There's plenty of, there's mountains of evidence, mountains of evidence. The question is, is does it make it into court? And it doesn't make it into court for a couple of reasons. The first reason is, you know, say Tim, Tim over here, my buddy Tim, let's say he, I think he voted twice. So I can go to court and I can say, hey judge, I think Tim voted twice. And the judge will say, let's have a court case. And so we'll have the case, I present the evidence, and the, the, the evidence is evaluated in court, and he's either acquitted or convicted. Boom, okay, that's a case that the court will take. But if I go to the court and I say, I think your whole election's been corrupted, and here's a whole bunch of reasons why I think that, the judge will say, that's not the kind of case we take. That's a political question. The whole election's been corrupted, that's a political question. You have to take it to the legislature. That's, a pol- that's called the political question doctrine. That's a well-established precedent. And so the problem is then, so they won't take that case. So in other words, there's no way to get it into 
into the law and get that evidence into the lawsuit because they won't take that case. It has to go to the legislature. Does that make sense? And, and then the legislature has to say, they have to put together committees and evaluations and bring in technical people and say, oh yeah, we've been corrupted this way and this way and this way, we take action. So that's, that's why you're hearing over and over again, well, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. Well, here's another thing. If people say to you, there's no evidence, just say, yes, there is. Here, here's Dr. Frank's evidence in the Interim Michigan case, because that's officially entered into the record. That's one example. And, and, and um, um, Dr. Shiva, who's gonna be here today at three o'clock, by the way, Mike's gonna be interviewing Dr. Shiva here at the table at three o'clock. Um, he can say there's plenty of evidence for him, uh, and that's in the court case. So to say there's no evidence is simply false. So Ron, we're, are you able to pull up another FTK imager? I, I probably am able to, but I don't want to because it's not my machine. Oh, okay. I don't want so, to accidentally open hey. something. I sh shouldn't. Why do we need all this? I don't understand why. This isn't even open to the public. Right. I don't understand why these companies don't just say, here, yeah. if we're going to use these systems to basically yeah. completely control your lives, here is everything. Complete yes. open transparency. Here's how our code works. Please, yeah. everyone scrutinize it. Make sure that yes. it's completely legitimate across the board. It's interesting and peculiar that these companies would fight so hard to keep it secret. Nothing we do in our voting system should be black box. So, oh yeah, this is this is this is what I do. <laughs> this is what he does exactly. Okay, so some, like I, I'm scrolling fast, but I'm actually reading it, and I, I'm remembering the stuff where I'm seeing it, and then maybe I'll, I'll I'll come across something later that references this, and then I'll jump back, and then that uh, answers a question that we might have. There you go. Now find that same folder on the image after the Dominion employee left. Now this is interesting. All these log files. How many log files do we have? Show them up on the left screen. Looks like hundreds maybe on that side. Right from 2019. Let's see here. 610 of 2019 up until what date? We're gonna try to help do in the next days. Up until 523 of 2021, right? Yes, up until 523. Years of log files are here. Now, let's look at that same folder on the right side. We only have three. Yep. Three years of log files are, are mysteriously gone. So when that Dominion employee walked in, when they left, all those log files were gone. And the log files and are recording just, all of the access to that machine. Those log files record all of the access to that machine through the web server, the web service that's running on that machine. That's just one set of log files. There's all kinds of log files all over the server that we need to look at, but that is pretty shocking that those are gone because there would be no reason to delete those other than for someone not to be able to see what's in them. Was Dominion sending people all around the country to do software updates on all of their servers right around this time? Yeah, I mean, raise your hand if you if you heard that or if, that, if you know that to be true. Okay. I know that to be true. And you know to be true as well. So it's very possible they were just sending people out there to do software updates and they accidentally deleted all these, or it's possible they maliciously did it. We don't know. At the minimum, you just showed evidence 
that when the, uh, when the uh, software update was performed, all the logs were deleted. You just proved that. All those log files that we see on the left were absolutely not there on the right side, which would indicate they are no longer there on the server. They were deleted, and that right there, we have that a already is forensic evidence right there, boom. Uh, digging the yeah, so I don't know where it is. Juggling, but I'm, not a, I'm not a Windows admin, so. Yes, we noticed uh, that. Do you know where it is? Could they, could they accomplish I mean, it? probably, but uh, where, where is that file, do you know? We've learned that when the, when the Dominion person arrived, that before he arrived, there were a whole bunch of logs dating back to uh, uh, over a year. At least three years. At least three years yeah. of dating back. And then after he left doing the update, all of those logs were deleted. But it wasn't merely a delete. It appears to be, we're going to prove this. We haven't proven it yet. It appears to also be a, a wash of the entire disk. It not very merely, well may be. Not merely yeah. just replacing a file or two. We actually deleted the disk to clean it off and then put a new image on. It looks like that. We're not right. sure about that yet. Yes? Yeah. And, okay. and the scary okay. thing about that is everyone already knows there's contention regarding the election anyway. So preservation of records is already absolutely critical. Already. Why on earth would a company like Dominion oh, go in there and then purposely delete, delete data? Yeah, exactly. That are the records that are the duty of the clerk or county officials to preserve that data. And especially the logs, which are the connection yeah, that's logs. The that's what got, that's why the logs are so important. They say, okay, on this day at this time, this computer connected to this computer and did this. this. Yes, if there was any intrusion or a malfeasance, that's where it right, would be. That would be right there. Yes, and that's what's And now that evidence is gone. Yes. And the odd thing also is, why on earth, when they heard about this, would they raid the office? What is there to hide? These are our elections. Oh, you're talking about Mesa County raid Mesa yesterday. County. They, raided, they raided their office. Yes. Right? And they're trying to attack the clerk that's responsible for all right. this. Right. So that's where, where's, where's the update information? And they did updates without washing. Without washing it, it's certainly curious why, why on May twenty fifth they decided to wipe it right when we're in the middle of what Code we're Monkey all in the is a of. scammer. Exactly, one hundred percent. And the county doesn't know because the only one that has the Code Monkey is a scammer. Every fucking thing he says. I mean, I could be doing this job that he's doing right now. Like, where's it at? Where's the file? I don't. I don't know where the files. I'm not a Windows expert. Oh, dude, what has CodeMonkey even done on this stream, guys? What has he done? Jack, jack all shit. He doesn't know jack shit. He's such a scam artist. What a faggot. Uh, CodeMonkey's a bitch. And I think he's involved in this. I think he leaked the stuff that got the chick raided. He's not doing anything. He's dumb. No one should be following him or listening to anything he has to say. Hating. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Ron, Ron, related to all that, as you're looking through all of that, uh, are you seeing any indication what technologies were used to create uh, those services that we're seeing access logs to. So there were SOAP-based web services that were being accessed on the machine. Are you able to tell where those files are on the hard disk, if they exist, and what technologies they were used so that per perhaps they could be reverse engineered? client, what's the heck? That's important. I'm still looking for those SOAP files. That's I'd the love most to run that for me to find. Uh, hey, the question is, is, this guy talking, asking the question, knows more than Ron. Ron the guy asking... The adjudication client? 
<laughs> yeah, if we could get this on an actual machine, we could like uh, run the adjudication software and see if we see what it does. Hey, wh where's the Internet Explorer? Like, uh, the Internet Internet Explorer cache is stored. Internet port? Because if they were site? using Internet Explorer to access websites, then there would be a cache. Oh, what a good idea. In Look that under... case, we proved that they were... They like were the hardware there. manager. Uh, I, I, you Sorry. know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not really a Windows uh, admin, so I don't really know where the locations of these files <laughs> are. Double backflip. Not a Windows admin. I just don't know where this stuff is, guys. I just don't know. I don't, I'm. What do you? What are you? A Mac, Linux? What? What the fuck? You don't use Windows, the most used operating system in the fucking planet, hacker? Fucking goddamn eight coon motherfucker. He's just a normal okay, guy. More, two more questions. He's a normal audience. guy, plain hacker. And all these guys are getting fooled. God, I hate Code Monkey. <laughs> Mark, you, you and Doug have to. Uh... Mark. <sighs> the guy asking the questions knows more than this fucker. Hi, Mark. My name's Kirk Weeby, retired National Security Agency. Thank you. I have a question for you. Excellent work. Every finding you're making here about dates you changed or missing files indicates manipulation, either purposeful and good or bad. Every manipulation of a voting machine indicates absolute requirement to be recertified right so if you had, can do a chronology as you discover these match them match them up with was there a recertification and if there is not the election is being performed illegally correct a non-certified correct yes that's well all done. yeah <laughs> Hello everyone. Hi Mark, Dr. Frank. Thanks for your hard work. My name is Jeff Bongiorno and I own a Microsoft consultancy for over 23 years and just one, one thing that kind of sticks out and uh, kind of jazzed me in the gut is we, we do updates all the time with, for customers and we never ever show up to, at their door and take control of their machine. Either it's automated or we'll, we'll send it out as a file. So there, there's some definitely, it's just obvious. I mean, we know the whole thing is suspect, but that alone just should be in question. When do you go to a client to update their software? And in 23 years, probably never in, in my case. So just wanted to kind of get that out there. They, they, added, they added two extra partitions. So partition one. Before was 500 megabytes, and partition one after was 128 megabytes. So, Correct. 372 megs difference. You know, the, an interesting thing I just thought of is you could have multiple partitions on a hard drive, and you could command that computer to boot up to one or a different partition. You could actually have multiple operating systems on a single computer. And I don't understand why you need all these partitions. They added two new partitions. This. Go back to the partitions over there. Yep. Oh, they did. Yep. There were two partitions before, right? Yeah, there's there two four? partitions before, and now there's four partitions. Correct. 
And they may have just changed the file structure or the partition structure in this, but it is peculiar. Someone needs to look into the, each of these partitions yeah. and find out what is on them, what data is on them, because you really don't need more than one to run a computer. No, and they might be, for example, you could boot one partition on one day and a different partition on another day. Well, you could have a partition there that's set up that you could boot into that gives you a backdoor access into Boom. the other partitions. Boom, that's my point. That's the, my it point. would be completely right. undetectable. Well, this partition's really small, though. It's only a few hundred megabytes. I mean, it's enough to run, like, certain files and... It might, might be. You could have an embedded, something embedded in there. Technically possible. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a computer guy. I don't know what most of this stuff means, but I've been researching this election since November 3rd, and I can tell you right now that everything we're seeing right here, we saw in Antrim County, the adjudication logs being deleted. It was absolutely censored by the media. Most people don't know that this isn't anything new. We've seen it in Antrim County, we've now seen it in Maricopa County, and we're now looking at it with our very own eyes in Colorado. What does Colorado matter? Why are they attacking Colorado? We need to wake up as people, and you, the cameras in the back there, not all of you, but the CNNs of the world, you guys need to start reporting this and stop fact-checking it. Remove restrictions.bat. A dot .bat file is a batch file, which means that when you run a batch file, it does a set of steps on your computer, like, go in and like this one's called remove restrictions. So what it probably does is it goes in and takes off restriction acts, restricted access to various yeah, files. Yeah, but, but look, this is not, this is not just uh, a default bat file. No, this is custom made for Dominion EMS. You see it there, right? I see it there. It does, but it seems to be removing restrictions. <laughs> huh. SQL server dehardening, overriding this, and it, it looks like it's giving access to the SQL server. Hmm. Did you just say boom? <laughs> it does, it does, it does look, look like that, but I, I'm not a bat programmer. So, uh, I mean, that, that's what it looks like. It removes uh, access, it, it allows, it allows access to the SQL server on. Well, are there any bat programmers here that are good at I'm a programmer. I'm a programmer, guys. Hey, programmer here. What's up? <laughs> I don't know. This could be a. This could just be some technician doing a custom fix for something to get something to work. It's normal for techies to brute force things at times, and this could just be that. This could just be some engineer guy brute forcing something to get it to work. It might not even be a red flag, guys. I don't know. Could be b bad. Could be nothing. We don't know. We need someone that knows what the bat file actually does specifically like they got to investigate that and i mean without being able to mount the virtual drive into an actual machine with passwords it's tough hey mark uh just over next door and the the uh the, the crews are looking some of this at least probably half of the guy these tables uh and ron one of the things they saw was the uh adjudication key yeah the adjudication on the desktop key. yes so there's an adju the adjudication key is actually on, on the desktop. The adjudication key should never be sitting out on the desktop of that system. So I don't, is that Because all you have to do is touch it and then you're adjudicating all ballots. Not necessarily, but no, yeah. the fact so that there's a key there is that you might be able to use that key 
on other systems to manipulate adjudication. So it warrants a lot more investigation. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you. Are we doing okay? Yeah, can we yeah, bring we, the volume we, down a little bit so Ron can talk? Every, everybody, we love yeah, it that we, you're we talking, but just take your volume down a little bit right now, please. Thank you. Uh, we have a problem. Uh, it's just, uh, my lawyer, my lawyer just called me Ty Clevenger, Mr. Ty Clevenger. And he said uh, that I should put out this statement. And I just learned that Conan James Hayes may have taken without authorization the actual hard drives from the Mesa County or the Mesa, Colorado County Clerk. And he needs to produce those hard drives immediately and return them to the clerk. And we should stop this data review until he produces the hard drives. Repeat that. Wait, Ron, Ron, did you just say- Everybody, this is important. Quiet, quiet. Yeah, this is really important, it's guys. It's important, it's important. Everybody quiet. Ron, did you just say that someone took all of the hard drives from Mesa County office just now? Uh, so what I said was, I just learned that Conan James Hayes may have taken, without authorization, the actual hard drives from the Mesa, Colorado County Clerk. And he needs to produce those hard drives immediately and return them to the clerk. No. And we should stop this data review. From Mesa, he knows. No, that did not happen. Tina just said that did not happen. Physical hard drives. Hold on. No, Tina, Tina says no, that did not happen. Okay. Ron, she you, you may no. have heard that incorrectly then. Thanks. <sighs> okay. How, how about, can, can Tina explain this then? Because I just got a call from my lawyer who said he talked to Tina, Tina to tell me that. Can we get Tina? So, now I'm confused. Hey, Beth, can you have Tina call her lawyer? Isn't this cool? This is real life right here, man. You know, 20 years from now, you're going to be telling your kids, I was there that day. You're an attorney, right? Okay. Who's an attorney in here? Can, we have a legal question for you. Hey, Jim, ask me. Ask me. Miss, Miss Attorney. And at one point, you find fraud in any given part of the election. Doesn't it invalidate the entire process? He would say... According to Supreme Court case in the 1800s, uh, that was uh, Roxford Mock, or I'm sorry, Colin I may have, in, uh, said she needs to. May have that wrong, but the uh, the actual Supreme Court case that says that any one party either cheating for or cheated in the election is disqualified from the election, right? But but this might not be this, side cheating. This might be Dominion. gone now, dude. <laughs> wow, there's some serious shit going down. They are trying to stop this stuff, guys. If this was nothing, why are they trying so hard to stop it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So once that is interconnected, the, the spaghetti is found. Hi. Are you going to talk to us? Sure. I can assure you that none of Mesa County or the Secretary of State or any type of, of property was taking, taken off of my, uh, off the, 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 my, my office. Let me just put it that way. Uh, How do you know you're not there? Well, now they came in and did a, uh, a raid of my office, so it could have been. Maybe that's what this report is, that the, when they went in and raided you, they took it then. Okay. Well, then what we need to do is we need to do another backup.
and we need to find out what they did when they were there yesterday. I didn't mean to argue against you. I'm, not, I'm just trying to understand you. Yeah. So what, what do you, could you say again what you just told us and what it really means? I didn't understand. Okay. Yeah. There was, there was not, nothing, no hard drives that belonged to our equipment that were taken off the premises uh, from our election voting equipment. Unless it happened when? Unless it happened during the raid. And, that, and, and they did not allow anyone to be in there. There were no bipartisan judges that were allowed to be in my election department yesterday. There was not my chief deputy, who is the acting clerk, in my absence. No one was allowed to be in there with them when they were there yesterday. Uh, so, Is there anything else you want to say to us? Because we are not allowed legally to let you answer Q&A right now. <laughs> okay. I just got the notice. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, I just, I think America... Besides the fact that you're amazing and brave. <laughs> I think America needs to know the truth. Okay. I think they need to know the truth. Legally allowed to do Q&A. What the fuck is going on? This is something, guys. The power to literally stop a presentation live. The power of the kike. Great comment. Right, uh, can, can, I, can I put out an update really quick to that last statement I had? I, I just want to update that last statement. Uh, so, <clears throat> the information that Ty Clevenger received was from Sharana Bishop, and now she has informed Mr. Clevenger that Conan did have permission to take the hard drive, but did not have permission to upload it. Ms. Bishop indicated to Mr. Clevenger that she was an affiliate of Mrs. Peters, and now Mr. Clevenger is not sure whether that is in truth. Yeah, this is crazy. This is absolutely insane. And they've been doing this, I think, for a long time. And I think people have been trying to talk about it, and they've been hushed and blocked and canceled. Yep. And then they try to discredit everything. And they spread disinformation so they can then discredit. I mean, do we all see the pattern by now? Are we connecting the dots? How can people not see this? And here's the thing that kills me is this is not a Democrat versus Republican thing, although they've made it to be that. This is the establishment. This is global elitists that have figured out how to manipulate our country and other countries by using these systems that allow them to manipulate our elections. And they've been doing this, and I think the jig's just about up because I don't know how much longer they're going to keep trying to hide this. I think we're done. We need to start demanding audits. We need to demand investigations. We need to hold all of our government officials 100% accountable to get to the bottom of this. And un unfortunately, it's probably gonna implicate a lot of a minute, but we are done. This is our moment. This is our country. And we are gonna lose it if we don't get on board and figure this out right now. We talk about cost. Let's talk about cost. How much American blood and treasure was spent for our guys and gals to go overseas to help somebody else secure and, and elect their people. Preach. How much blood and treasure did it cost our, our troops to go and help an Iraqi woman or Afghanistan woman vote for the very first time? 
This is a privilege that was born on the blood, Boom. sweat, and tears of patriots. How much is it going to cost to make sure our elections? Who cares? It's priceless. And I'm brushing my teeth and the stream goes offline for real. Man, guys, every stream is down right now. How is this a nothing burger, guys? How is this a nothing burger? How could anyone in their right mind say this is a fucking nothing burger? <sighs> Crazy. Fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. Does anybody else think there could be a conflict of interest between the secretaries of state and the state election directors, all of whom, everyone in every state, belong to the National Association of State Election Directors or the National Association of Secretaries of State. And when you go to those websites, there's a tab that says um, corporate affiliates. And who should be there but Dominion and ESNS. So why is the Secretary of State and the state election directors involved in auditing at all? Because clearly there's a conflict of interest. I think we all know the answer to that, or we're starting to uncover it right now. All right, so someone just sent me uh, a message explaining what this this does, and uh, I'll go over that really quick. Based on their explanation of it, I, I'm not a batch script programmer, so I don't know personally, but it sounds it sounds like it, it's, it's possible anyways. Uh, let me find this folder. Batch script programmer? A batch script programmer. <sighs> it says line four overwrites a config on a temporary database. So that would override a config on that temporary database. Line five copies all files in a folder of files to a group policy fo folder. And the policies, what copies they do is they indicate what a user that is sitting in front of the computer can do or what someone remotely connected can do. Okay. Line six sets a new trusted provider for the user. I guess that's what that is. Then line 10 disables protection on the Dominion databases. What does it disable? It disables protection on the Dominion databases. Did, did you Line say detection? 10. Protection. Oh, protection. So it disables protection on the Dominion database. Okay. And then line 12 disables encryption on all the databases. Did you say it disables encryption on all the databases? Correct. And then line 13, 14, 15 just restart SQL. And then it restarts the server so the new settings take effect. Correct. Now, I don't see that it disables encryption. Where is that? Um, it'd probably be there. Now, force this is slash zero. me force encryption. I would force expect... encryption zero. Zero means false, right? Oh, okay. So it's adding a reg D word, and then it's changing force encryption to zero. So it's actually, that is, that's probably absolutely disabling the encryption. Midstream. Yeah, this is very suspicious, this file. Correct. Weird. Yeah, it's changing a register key, which holds the settings. So that's changing. It's basically what it's doing is it's, it's it's adding a register key, if you can see. Reg add. So it's adding a register huh. key, HK local machine software, Microsoft, Weird. SQL server, you know, the server name, uh, SuperSocket Netlist. Really so if we were to pull up well. a web browser and look up that string right there, SuperSocket Netlib, it would definitely tell us what that is and, and why people might want to do that. But... Disabling security uh, and certainly disabling encryption 
on our voting systems, which are all supposed to be secure and encrypted? Seems kind of curious. All right, guys, my name is Joe Oltman. I was the CEO of a tech company. I had to resign. I'm the one that came forward with the information about Eric Coomer of Dominion Voting Systems. I was... Um, I further uh, am a tech CEO. I do understand data very well. I was a tech CEO. I was forced to step down from the company um, and walk away from that uh, as a result of everything that happened after um, 3rd of November. So, and me coming forward. So I, wanna, so I have a deep knowledge of data. You're not talking to someone who doesn't understand data. I understand data very well. I also understand sequencing and I understand what causation is. In other words, there, there's reasons why you'd want to trigger an audit, right? There's reasons why you want to look in, in different areas on what I call deviations. You have standard deviation and then you have something that would sit outside of that, right? So I'll talk specifically about why this information is important. When, when we look at deviations, we want to look at it in three ways. We want to look at a deviation in code, right? So a deviation in code will tell you whether or not there's a deviation in law. When there's a deviation in law, then we can also start looking at deviations in behavior. Well, what we've been seeing the media do specifically is the media comes out and says, there's a nothing burger, nothing to see here. Uh, you know, all of these affidavits that were signed, they don't make a difference. They've explained that away by saying nothing to see here. So if we just clean away all the chaos and start talking about individual events, we can get to the point of if those deviations create a breach of public trust. That's all we should be talking about. Let's, let's simplify it. And so the deviation you saw up here is they had this, this update that was called the trusted build. Now the trusted build is pretty ironic that they called it trusted build. <laughs> is Dominion coming in and doing an update on the system in Mesa. The only reason that, that Tina started looking into this is because the left of does the use language that came up that made her suspect of what the Secretary of State in Colorado was doing, made her suspect of the systems within Dominion. There was enough evidence that she wanted to verify that that information was either correct or it was null. So by asking to do these, these imaging, one before the trusted build and one after, she's able to see if there was a deviation from law, a deviation from code. And so the things that you're seeing right now is that there is a log on one side. Now the law states that you have to keep all information related to the elections for 22 months after the election period. I don't really care if you tell me that the dog ate my homework, that somewhere along the line I tripped, fell and pulled the computer out. I don't care, that's your obligation is to preserve that information. That is publicly trusted information. So if we look at the information before to the information after, I can simplify it for you. Were the logs preserved the 22 months that were required for this system? And the answer to that question is no. The logs were deleted. They were deleted by a Dominion employee. They had someone standing next to them when this was done from the Secretary of State's office. That right there shows behavior that is criminal in nature. You're covering up evidence. You're pulling stuff from the public trust. That, that breach of the public trust should lead you down a path where you want audits. That should trigger an audit. End stop, right? What they weren't expecting at Dominion is that she was already having this gut feeling or whatever. I'm not going to speak for her. I don't know if it's gut. I haven't even asked her about it. But she had this feeling that she needed to make sure that the public trust, the people that actually voted, that their voice was counted. 
and that there wasn't any funny business going on inside of her, inside of her uh, county. So as a result, she imaged before, they came in and did the trusted build, and there was an image after, right? Now, you can't see code. You can't see it. I'll use this as an example. When you go in to touch your keyboard and you hit X, it wants to put an X up on the screen, right? Well, there is code that is required to make that X show up on the screen. You can't see it. You just have to trust it, right? But we also want to verify that the information that goes into that machine is the information that comes out of that machine. But that's a black box. And what they're saying to the public is that the information that they uncovered you weren't entitled to see it. They're creating another story and saying, oh yeah, it was compromised, some right-wing blog, this was written, right-wing blog printed the passwords. Well, the reality of it is, is that nobody told them it was Mesa County. The only person that did that was the Colorado Secretary of State. She breached the public trust, and because not Joe, Tina Peter. You know, they, we heard from the audience that this was not just Mesa County, that this re-imaging, it was all the counties. It was all the counties, the county. which means what did they do across the country? They breached the public trust by creating a standard deviation that erases information and gets it away from public view. That is not a transparent election, right? That is not a transparent election, and that by itself should trigger an audit because once you breach the public trust, once you have taken this information and you delete it for whatever reason, you make that as an agent for that organization, for that government, when you, when you breach that trust by going in and saying, the only people that are entitled to see this is Dominion Voting Systems, and now we're gonna take that away from you, then that's not, they're taking away your ability to see if that election was fair and free. At the same time, they have the media that's puppeting over and over and over again, nothing to see here. They're becoming an agent for, or by proxy, supporting or defending the very organization that we saw up here deleted those log files. I don't need to go any further. At that point, we have an audit, period. If Professor you do this across the that, board though. and they, they did this trusted build in other states, that's enough information that every legislator out there should go back and say they have breached public trust. They have done something right. that violates law. Yeah, so um, I've studied Dominion, like the, literally every manual, diagram, RFP, um, I got sued by Eric Coomer for defamation. By the way, I just want to say publicly to whoever's listening, I never lied. And I would never, ever, ever put somebody's name out there if I wasn't 100% sure that he was the one that was on that call with Antifa. And at the time, I didn't know who he was, right? I had no idea who, I, I did the research on him, but I didn't know the significance of what happened in, uh, at the election. But the information you just saw here if we can strip away all of the trying to become really smart, and I do think the PCAPs are important, I think they play a part. I also think that the other side of this is we have to start looking at the imaging and how, those, how that information could influence those machines. But now we have the ability with Antrim County, with Mesa County, to look at how we can back into and virtualize how the election went on November 3rd. But you can't now because you don't have the logs. So if you're a legislator and you know that you don't understand, if you don't understand data, you don't understand uh, code, you have to understand the fact that they deleted information from a system and they can't lawfully do that in all 50 states. So I think you have to start looking at that and saying, all right, it's very simple. Was there a deviation that caused you to delete data that would have, in an audit, become important to the outcome of the election? And if the answer is yes, 
then they have breached public trust. It's really simple. We don't need to get really complicated and say, rub on your belly, tuck your head. You know, we don't have to do any of that. We just have to ask the simple question, did it breach public trust? And the answer and conclusion you'll come with just in that one part is yes. Another question for Joe, and then I, I know yeah. that Patrick wants Sorry. to distill something as well. Um, based on what we saw, we've got a violation of federal law, but let's look at something else. Was Dominion Systems actively communicating with an external or outside system based on what we, we observed here today? Was it? Yeah. Um, or maybe I asked the question the right way. How would you frame it as far as, because um, we've been told by John Paulos under oath before I believe it was Michigan yes. about it's impossible to have that communication taking place based on what we saw can we definitively give our legislators an answer on if that's true or not it's that, that they communicated with they absolutely did okay absolutely and look I, I can say that with absolute fact because we know that we have documentation in other states we have documentation in Colorado that there are modem cards that there are the ability for it to be hooked to the network. The network is then hooked through routers. They've tried to say that there are safe, unhackable routers. Where's my tech guys? Where's the, where's the cyber guys? Any cyber guys in the house? Yeah, so the problem is they'll beat you over the head with one missed word, right? And, and uh, you know, I don't know if CNN's here. Hi, mom. Uh, but you can, <laughs> sorry, I have a sense of humor too. Uh, <laughs> So you have to look at, nobody has a source code except for the source, right? So nobody has, unless someone at Dominion handles the source code. But you can back into the code by having an imaging of the systems and then watch the system and virtualize that uh, or synthesize the system as it appeared on uh, November 3rd. So if you look at what Matt DiPerno did uh, and his expert when they basically were able to go in and change just in one line to switch votes without anybody seeing it, that was because he was able to deconstruct and reconstruct the code to allow that to happen. You should never be able to do that, right? That, but I could do that, and if you had internet access, it wouldn't take me very long to do that as well. All right, so if I, let me just simplify, simplify. If I have a direct image of the voting system from a particular county, precinct, what have you, I can then create a virtual machine and I can operate it the same way that it would operate. If you were to give me another computer, I could input that deconstruct it, reconstruct it, and it would run just like a, a normal voting machine, right? So there's nothing that would be missing. It would tell us what, the, what different files, where things are stored. Um, if you have the database information, you can also tell when uh, files were deleted, who deleted them. Um, so you, you can actually get in there and see what happens in real time, time stamping on all of that to make sure that the information in and the information out would be identical based on how the system ran. That makes sense. Now, do you have a, a have you had a chance to preview uh, the forensic images out of Antrim? I have the preview. Yeah. Based on what you've seen, is it consistent with what we spent hours looking at with Mesa? Yes. Okay. Um, not exactly consistent. I mean, they're, they're there's not, some differences. Yeah, there, there'll be some. I, and again, I haven't dove into or gotten into Mesa at all, um, other than what I saw up here, and that's not a, you know, that's not a executable environment that's the files now earlier you mentioned the so he does have a way to access the does have a way to access the files a in a virtual machine without the passwords mm -hmm. all right you're not gonna be ready for this and i don't even think i talked to them about this so um obviously i'm being sued in 
Denver, Colorado by Eric Coomer. I'm not the only one being sued. I've spent a quarter million dollars on legal fees uh, protecting myself. I've had to have security detail 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last 10 months. With, with that said, with that said, the, uh, I'm gonna walk you through these connections. This, and they say deep state, when they say that there's this interconnective uh, criminal syndicate that almost operates like the mob, it's not a joke. The, the, the chief judge at the Supreme Court in Colorado is now under investigation, un, unrelated to me, under investigation for a quid pro quo of a, giving someone a $2 million contract to stop a sexual assault or sexual misconduct allegation in Colorado. That came out nearly six weeks ago or eight weeks ago. Um, you, you have the judge in my case that was put on the bench on March 23rd of 2021. I've had two judges on this case since then. We're an anti-slap state. That means that I have special protections that you just can't go and sue me for telling the truth. But we had two judges before, uh, Governor Polis, who is spent $1.4 million giving to very left-wing, radical left uh, organizations over the last decade publicly. And, um, uh, put her on the bench on, May, on March 23rd. On about May 20th, she was assigned to our case by the presiding judge in Colorado in the Denver District Court. Now, let me explain to you, nobody lives in Denver. I live in Douglas County. All of my businesses are down in Douglas County. Um, all the, uh, Coomer lives in Salida. There's no venue. There's no proper venue for it to be in Denver, but they shopped it to the bluest place in the state and dropped it in there under improper venue and put it in there where they could control it. And you can say, oh, that, 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 that you could hear defamation anywhere. That's not the standard of the law, period. The second part of it is, is that this new lawyer, which came in on, say, May 20th, and I'm just gonna give you a roundabout, May 20th took over from a, from a judge that had sat on the bench for 20 years and had rarely been overruled. That judge had already, that judge had already come out and said, you get no access to discovery, right? And, and listed very thoughtfully the law of why you don't get access to that discovery. And by the way, this is very important as it pertains to Gina Griswold. When you say they, who do you mean? Who, who when you're talking about discovery, the, who are they The, the plaintiff to? does not get access to discovery before you file an answer in an anti-slap environment. You don't get access, to, you don't get to depose me, right? Just so that you can come up with information that may bolster your claim for Defamation. That's not so how the law let, works. Let me, let me translate here as, as a lawyer. He mentioned an anti-SLAP statute. SLAP stands for Strategic Litigation Against Public Participation. They're trying to punish Mr. Altman for coming forward and telling the truth. Now, the anti-SLAP statute provides us with protection, in theory, that before you subject someone to uh, weaponized discovery, to bury him and make sure that he has to have exorbitant uh, attorney's fees, you can have that remedy. It's too late now. So what we're finding here, just listening to Mr. Altman, is that a law that's on the books does not appear to be followed, and it's not giving you the protections that you're entitled no, to. No, the, so they're ignoring the law completely. I mean, not just partially, but com they're ignoring it completely. Completely. Just ignoring it. Just, and, but this judge, uh, Judge Rappaport, who had 20 years on the bench, came in. She was an interim judge. Um, she came in and said, no, you don't get access to the discovery. You're not entitled to it. Well, then this new judge, Justice Mar Mariah, Mar Maria, 
uh, Avery Moses, right? She was a family court lawyer, spent 16, 17 years working for a nonprofit that's really far left. Every person that works there is a donor to um, very, very left causes. And look, I don't care. I have friends that are on the left, but that's a problem. Donated to Kamala Harris's campaign. Uh, donated to, uh, uh, it's a problem. It should be a problem. Um, so I'm going to get to a couple of things. I'll probably start here with it. She marched with her family in an Antifa protest in June of 2020, right? Now, I'll tell you why that's important. Because if you start looking at the things that she does from this point on, it all tells a better story, right? It tells a story of a very corrupt and connected environment. Um, so that on, on May 20th, she was put uh, on the, uh, assigned to, uh, she was, she came in on May 20th to the bench. On May 24th, we had a status conference. She did what's called a sua sponte, which is a volunteering of information to the plaintiff and says, hey, I know that the law of the case says that they don't get discovery, but if anybody wants me to reconsider that, I will reconsider him getting access to discovery. They had four days to file that. The plaintiff filed it, because it sounds like they're colluding, right? Trust me, they are. And trust me, the information as a data guy that I've uncovered is pretty dramatic. So four days later, ink's dry. The next day, she signs a order, not on any basis of law, but just says, I want to overturn the case law. And you as a lawyer know that that's not something that happens typically, right? It happens on appeal, but not a judge doesn't walk in and advocate for the plaintiff and says, now you get to depose Mr. Oltman and every other plaintiff. Okay, so let's, let's connect another dot really quick. You have to keep in mind that one of the major players in this is Eric Coomer. Eric Coomer was, was or is a vice president of Dominion Systems. Yes. And what particular uh, title does he have as vice president? He was the, he was the director of uh, security and strategy for Dominion Voting Systems. He holds the adjudication patent, patent that was assigned um, to, I think, HSBC as a, as a guarantor on it. Well, follow me here. There's a, there's, a, there's a few other questions. Now, you mentioned that your, your presiding judge was marching in Antifa rallies last summer. Yes. Were you not the person who uh, disclosed screenshots of social media posts that also shows that Eric Coomer has deep ties with Antifa? 100%. Okay, and were you not also on a phone call with Eric Coomer or some recording where he made a particular uh, controversial statement about yeah. our then-president? Yeah, so, uh, yes. Where what he, was that statement? He, he said that, uh, You're in full don't worry about mode. the election. What's that? He's in full-on lawyer mode. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he is lawyer mode. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, don't worry about the election. Trump's not going to This dude right here I is. made effing sure of it. I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to use that word up here. Okay, so this is, this is first <laughs> this dude is 100% me, guys, if I was this tech you, CEO. Law, we should be able, you know, Eric Coomer can confront his accusers. He's been accused of something. Yeah pretty salacious but when you look at the screenshots what are some of the things that you could show us and perhaps you'll show us later today yeah that that has been posted by eric coomer because we've got this antifa judge with a person that's affiliated with antifa that's made a promise about the election outcome well i think the important part and the reason why i brought that up if i could get to that part in a minute i want to talk about why it's, i want to stay on task to why it's important that she ruled against to get discovery because the, the object is to persecute me. The object is to have me thrown in jail and because they know I'm not gonna do something, right? 
And so she, under the discovery order or the, the giving a deposition, stated that I had to give up the Antifa member that gave me access to that call. So here you have a, a sitting judge on a case who gave two very left-leaning deals that was assigned to the case, fresh, never had anything to do with any sort of dispute like this. She was a family court uh, lawyer who has been an advocate since 1983 for far left things, comes into the case. The case is about a person who posted the Antifa manifesto on his Facebook page, made anti-police, anti-Trump, uh, and anti-American posts, right? Vile stuff, which hopefully you get a chance to see later. And she marched in a protest, made her own sign, right, which I have, I have screenshots of as well, and now she wants me to give up the person that was in Antifa, and I'm supposed to do that. So I'm going to tell you right now, I will never give him up because they'll kill him. I will never give him up because <laughs> even if they don't kill him, what will they do to him? What will he do to himself? Right? It's important to know that I didn't have to get involved in this election stuff. I didn't have to get involved in building the organization that I built that helps communities. I was really happy. I could have go gone and lived on a beach, drank Mai Tais, and it never would have affected me. So I got involved in it knowing it would alter my life forever. There's, there's no motive. I didn't look for ad revenue. There was no, I don't even like people. I'm an introvert. I like you people, right? But I mean, overall, I don't, I'm not a person that likes... Uh, I don't like to be in big rooms with a lot of people. I, it's not something I like doing. I don't like notoriety. And if I did, I certainly would have done things. I've, I mean, I've owned an organization for 11 years and never used my name on it, right? So it's important as you start going through this. So I have to go to a deposition. We fought it and said, look, they will kill this guy. Guys, me, do guys. My, my lawyer said this on, a, on another call. And she goes, I guess we'll see, won't we? And my attorney said, it'll be too late by then. And she's like, well, guess we'll see. That's a judge wanting to have disregard for a human life, knowing the type of evil that we're dealing with with Antifa. And you can say whatever you want. They're anti-fascist. They are everything that they say that they are fighting against. They are the rapists, the pedophiles, and the closet racists. And I'm sorry to say it, but that's true. Yeah. All right, so... There is one side that is promoting transparency and investigation and dialogue, and another side that's trying to cover their tracks. They're trying to obfuscate, they're trying to hide, and they are trying to shut people like Joe down, like me down, like Josh down, like Professor Clemens down, like Mike Lindell down, like, I don't know, maybe they're not, Colonel Waldron, they're trying to shut him down too, especially after they see his new cool movie. Um, so, but this is the contrast, and this is at the heart of this whole debate from my perspective. It says one side is pushing a pattern of obfuscation and that is completely anti-American, and the other side is trying to put light into this. This is light versus darkness. Darkness rises and light to meet it. I often talk about this as a spiritual battle. This is how it's manifest. There is one side that's trying to block the release of information, and you can see it in every single action that they do. The, the deviation of behavior on those thousands of affidavits that were signed 
the thousands of them, we have to look at those and go, is this a standard deviation? Those people sign that, that affidavit under penalty of perjury. They actually can go to jail for up to five years. I know I signed one, right? If with that in mind, should we have an audit? There's a behavioral deviation. We should have an audit. If there's an issue with the code, we should have an audit. If there's a motive in the system and they said there wasn't a modem, and by the way, the election commission in the middle of the night changed it and said, oh, maybe they can be connected to the internet when that was a requirement to be certified in, for federally certified for elections, they changed that, literally just changed it because they knew they were connected to the internet. So is that enough of a deviation where you're willing as a legislator to say, hey, listen, you, you don't lie about this stuff unless there's something to hide, right? It's like putting a candy bar in your pocket. Somebody asks you, did you steal the candy bar? And you're like, no, oh, no, that's okay. Just get out. You got a big bulge in your pocket. They got bulges everywhere. Professor, yes, I, I have a question for you. Um, at what point, and this is for the legislators, at what point would Dominion um, ever have the ability to deny a subpoena? To walk away and say, I'm not going to show up like they did in Arizona. A lawful, a lawful order from a legislative body of a state in this country that is looking into the public interest of the people that they represent, and Dominion, with impunity, can walk in and do whatever they want and not have to comply with that legislative that, that's a great question. Order. So, so it's a matter of, of, of using force. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. And the reason why I said that is because rules are for thee, but not for me, right? And you see this double standard and this lack of accountability in our government across the board. I'm going to speak from other people, like not legislators. I'm going to speak to you what the people are saying over and over and over again. And they're saying, you're not holding them accountable. You got Hunter Biden's laptop. You got all these other things that come down. And no one is ever held accountable, but you are. And so when you have a system of persecution that chooses one side, that is tilted towards one side of persecuting hundreds of millions of Americans, then at that point, you live in a lawless society. And when you can have a company that, that can disobey a direct order from a legislative body, uh, we can only you know, come to one conclusion, and that is the system is fundamentally broken at a level that we cannot, we, that, that you can't even comprehend that the judiciary is compromised and that we're dealing with a compromised government inside of our society. So, uh, I took another Mike McClintock's here. Foreign and domestic. 